Choosing to become a foster parent is a really big decision. Not only could you potentially be adding a child to your current family, but you also could be removing that child again. And the goal really is reunification, but the process and the attachments are very strong. So when Steve and Courtney Cohen wrote their book, However Long Forever, it was written with that same heartfelt sentiment, the desire to take someone in and show them how much you care about them, as well as caring enough to let them go. I know you'll enjoy hearing their story, so let's listen in. Hello, and welcome to the Power of Kids Book podcast, where we believe kids' books are a catalyst for inspiring and empowering change. I'd like to welcome Steve and Courtney Cohen. They're the owners and operators of Now Found Ministry, Publishing, and Apparel, as well as authors of over 11 books, including three children's books. Today, we are talking about However Long Forever. So welcome, Steve and Courtney. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're honored to be here. Oh, thank you for coming. And I would love to hear, this is your third book. Tell me all about it. Tell me what it's about and who it's for. All right. So this is uh, this was an unexpected. Um, we have, as you said, this is our third. So we we had two other books that were given to us uh, by God, and one night um, again, about ten o'clock at night, this this one came to me again. God just kind of showed up and said, "Hey, you want another poem?" And say, "Absolutely." Um, let's let's look at that. And what it really does is it fills in what what ended up being a hole in this journey towards family through foster care and adoption. Um, this is really for our foster families because we're not promised tomorrow. The the title really lends to that. That however long we have you, we're gonna love you forever. That's really where this came from. And it's for all the families that aren't sure that their foster care journey is going to end in adoption, like in some of the other book or in the other books that we have where adoption was the end goal or maybe the 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 final destination there. This one really is for those those people who may not be adoption minded, but may just be willing to give their give up their home, give up their comfort to find a a, a great place for a kiddo. I would think fostering, adopting is very difficult because that's it's a permanent situation. Fostering, in my non-experience, it seems like a lot of times there's a lot more transient movement with the kids. Is that true? Absolutely. You'll actually see foster children actually show up with trash bags. That's mm-hmm. what they have. They don't have luggage. They typically show up with trash bags. So the transient nature of it is it's heartbreaking to see when they just show up and that's all they have, or they show up and they don't have anything at all. Um, That makes it maybe even tougher. Yeah. I mean, just, just the nature of why kiddos get put into the system. um, It's not like they have a lot of notice to gather up their things. They are just stripped away from their home and perhaps everything familiar in a moment. And maybe they can grab that favorite teddy bear. Maybe they can grab a pair of shoes. Maybe, maybe not. So it's, you know, and then somebody at the, you know, maybe their CASA worker, the caseworker gives them an extra jacket or something, and they pick things up along the way. And these items start to carry really great meaning for them. They, because that's all they have quite literally. Um, So it's, it is the, the job and it's the privilege of the foster family to create a space 
and to provide the things that this kid needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're, when they're old enough to make choices of their own, if they're three, four, five, you know, what color shirt do you want? Like, that's a big deal for them to get mm-hmm. to pick out what they get to wear to school. And it's just, it's so important to give them voice as often as they can. Yeah. So your characters in this book, um, I think there was Omari the Orca and Dolphins. How do they tie into your book? I think it's a really neat idea. So the the idea came, I don't even remember how the idea came up, but it's one of those little tidbits of knowledge that's stuck in the back of my brain somewhere that orcas are actually, also known as killer whales, are actually dolphins. So what we wanted to make sure is that even though we look different, even though we may be shaped different, we may have different personalities or thought processes or beliefs or whatever it is, that they're still part of the same family, right? And orca is a dolphin. And there's actually even one of the pages where uh, in the book where it talks about that you may not think that uh, we're we're the same, but we're a whole, whole lot more similar than, than you might think. That's not the exact words. I may actually have to read that page a little bit later, but um, yeah, it's really, it, it, it creates this family. It creates unity, even in the differences. One of my favorite pages towards the end is, where you, just in the artistry where you can see they're all doing backflips in the ocean. You know, I think that's the the yeah. text you're talking about is we're, we're more alike than you can imagine. Um, and they're all just playing around in the water and they're just doing what dolphins do and what orcas do just in the ocean. So yeah, there's, there's differences. They might look different. Their size is a little different. Um, but there are intrinsic similarities that, um, if you're fostering, or even we thought this would be a good book for blended families that are coming together where one parent comes with a couple of kids and the other one, you know, and it's a Brady Bunch situation and you've got to learn how to interact with each other. Um, you have your own culture, you have your own traditions, and you've got to figure out how to blend it all. And that can be true of foster care or blended families or in so many different situations. That's interesting too. I think in your um, description of the book, you words use the words sacrifice, healing, and unification. And I thought those were really interesting words to pick. So maybe you can explain those just a little bit. I'm, I'd love to talk about reunification um, for a second, because a lot of times when people consider fostering, um, in most cases that we've encountered, it seems like they are wanting to foster with the goal of adoption. And that's great. That's wonderful. That lets them know what your heart is and what your intent is. But one thing that um, if you have good training um, that you have to go through, they're going to really pound it into your head that the goal of foster care is reunification. So the goal is to reunite that child with their biological family. And so this is giving time and space for those parents to take care of the things that they need to take care of and put their ducks in a row so that they can save space. Because Mm -hmm. ideally, the best situation is to be with your biological family. Sometimes that's not the safest situation. Sometimes those parents are not equipped maybe mentally or financially or physically. There can be so many different reasons why it's just not the best or safest situation. And so that's when adoption can come into play. But as a foster family, you've got to be willing and supportive even for that process of reunification and to honor their family. Even if their family members, you know, all the dirt on them and you probably will learn it, 
um, to always speak well in front of that child of their parents, to always honor them um, in any way you possibly can, because that kid is from that parent, from those parents. And so you've, you've got a lot of identity issues where you can build that child up or you can tear them down just simply based on how you treat their their family. Yeah. If you, if you get caught in the, in the political or the, the hurt, your own hurt, and this is where the sacrifice comes in is we're sacrificing ourselves. And if we get caught up in our own emotions, that can actually hurt the child because we may be offended or we may be hurt by maybe something the parents do, or we may not agree with the parents or if the, if the, parents aren't doing what they've been asked to do by the courts, we may get frustrated. But when we when we really get caught up in that and we show that to the children, that child is a part or those parents are a part of that child. And then the child starts doubting and me basically feeling, well, do they feel the same way about me too? Mm-hmm. Right. So the sacrifice is sacrificing our heart. Our, our emotions, our thought processes, and we need to just put that at the altar and <clears throat> just encourage, encourage, encourage. And then um, we talked about healing. There's a really cool part in the uh, in the book, and these are little tid- again tidbits of information people may or may not know. But in the wild, you'll see orcas, and their dorsal fin is straight up. Um, I was watching a documentary actually just last week, and it talked about this large orca with a five-foot dorsal fin, literally standing five feet off the back, which is incredibly tall. And then we've probably seen pictures of an orca with a dorsal fin that's bent over. And what a lot of people don't know is once that dorsal fin has bent, it cannot be resurrected. It cannot be re heal or um, put back vertical. Um, It's kind of like a cartilage, like a a nose or whatnot, that once it's bent over, it doesn't go back back straight. And in the book, this is kind of the miraculous healing portion of it. And it's really indicative of the the heart of the child is at the beginning, we actually, we see the dorsal fin um, in one of the maps, you see the dorsal fin is erect, but you see at the beginning of the book, it's bent over. And there's this map that kind of shows Amari's journey through the ocean, and which is symbolic of her, of, of the life story. And at one point, all of a sudden, the next image of her has a bent over dorsal fin. But once we get to the very end, that dorsal fin is is straight up again. And it's really indicative of the heart, not the physical dorsal fin. Yes, physical healing can actually happen. Um, it will happen. But this is really more about the heart. We're trying to give solidarity, give a foundation of love for these kiddos who have had the rug pulled out from underneath them. That's going to be really tough, a really tough thing for parents, any parent to do, much less a parent who is a foster parent in that situation. Yeah. It's tough, but it's also really rewarding. Um, our our first foster child, and you know, I, just because of honoring her story, we can't give a whole lot of particulars, but she was one. She had been through some difficult stuff, and she came to us with physical wounds. And she also came to us with really, like, her eyes looked dead. This is a one-year-old. They were glazed over, really yeah. not not engaging. Yeah. She was just very zoned out for most of the time. Um, and there were certain very normal tasks that she found completely traumatizing. Um, and other times she was just very lethargic and just like lying down, not energetic, like a normal one-year-old. And we had her for four months. And it was really amazing. You know, the physical wounds healed up within the first week or two, which was fantastic. Um, 
but then it was the the emotional wounds that we got to see uh, heal over the next couple of months so that when we sent her and she was reunified with a healthy situation, um, that she had that light on in her eyes. She yeah. left us with bright eyes, with smiling. We actually had, we put on some hip hop um, <laughs> like an hour before the caseworker got there yep. and we were dancing. She's shaking her little booty in the living room and she was so happy. And so there's something that, you know, it's, it's hard, but you know, I'm tearing up now, like thinking of that moment and just those final weeks we had with her, where we got to see that light turn on was so powerful, so special. And worth every bit of heartache as she walked yeah. out the door. Yeah. So that was, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's uh, it's difficult, but that's part of that sacrifice that we have to be willing to give give up a give up a little heartache for to give a great place or a, a healthy home, a safe place for these kiddos to get the turn their lights back on. I guess is a, a great way. That's awesome. Well, do you mind reading us a little bit of your book? Oh, I'd love, I'd love to. So we will start off at the the beginning of the book, and then we'll kind of go towards the end of it. Um, here we go. When one day you wonder when you'll be home, know God brought you here, and you're never alone. We may not be the family you hope for, but we will do our best. We hope in our home you will find peace, joy, hope, God's love, and rest. Our prayers are for healing a hope-filled endeavor, no matter what tomorrow brings, will love you for however long, forever. Very nice. And that that just speaks volumes, really, because it, it goes right back to what you were saying about the sacrifice, the healing, the reunification piece of things. Yeah, we don't, we just don't know how long it's going to last. And it could be, you know, be a, a day or two, you could... As Courtney was talking about with respite care, um, we if there's an opportunity for respite care where you can come in and and know your foster care um, world, um, foster parent help and a great way to do this. We I think talked about it in, in another interview where we we're talking about respite care and, and opportunities. It's it's really not a, a way. To see if this is right for you. If it if it's burning on your heart, if it's something that you have this desire, or your heart is breaking for these these kiddos, even respite care would be a great way to do it. And even in respite care, having this book, okay, I don't know how long I'm gonna have you. I may have you for a weekend. I may have you for a couple of hours while the foster parents go on a date that they haven't had for three months, <laughs> type type deal, right? So um, these books are are great for all of those different situations. Do you have any future plans for future books that are just calling in the back of your mind or your heart right now? So we've got two that are in different stages of development. Um, so I'll let you tell about um, similarly. So Courtney's not a huge fan of the tongue twister of similarly unique. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's still a working title. Um, I'm sold we'll on the title. So um uh, but in similarly unique, we really start concentrating. And again, it's a poem form. It's going to be based on the same land fondly that, that we have the rest of the characters in, um, all based on characters in, in our daughter's um, in our daughter's bedroom. Um, but this is really concentrating on 
in our uniqueness, we are all created in the, you know, in, in how God desired it. He dreamt of us before the beginning of the world, before formation. So, and we're all unique in that. However, we're all image bearers. So we're all very unique, but we're all also very similar. And when we start getting beyond ourselves and we start looking at other people and trying to find the similarities instead of concentrating on the uniqueness, we can start uniting around causes, even if our political stances are different, even if our colors are different, even if our accents are different, right? So, and that that works well. That goes, all of our books minister to and really speak to hearts of all ages, but that one really allows parents and children alike to to walk through some hard things. Our world is such a divided place right now. And our heart behind that one, the the heart that God kind of put on or put on my heart for that book was really uniting in such a divided world right now. Yeah. The other book that is still in manuscript mode, um, our oldest daughter brought downstairs. So I've had a poem and Steve's had a couple, three now. And so our oldest daughter has has crafted one that's really beautiful and we've worked on it as a family and it just comes from the perspective of the sibling as they are welcoming a new family Mm -hmm. member um and you know it can apply to just a new baby's coming home um or it it's mostly focused on the challenges that come along with foster siblings or adoptive siblings um but blended marriages. Yeah, blended families. And there's so many applications for it where this particular character is sharing their difficult emotions and the conflicting emotions. You know, I'm so excited. Yes, I get a little sibling. I'm so excited. You know, just that thrill. And then reality kind of sets in that this is hard and it's heartbreaking for the siblings too, that it's not just a difficult emotional thing for the parents, but it's, it involves every member of the family. So it's, it's a beautiful beginning to the manuscript and we're excited to get that into storyboard as soon as we can. That sounds like a perfect book for kids as well. I'm I can almost see this like series of, of books from you guys on the shelf, you know, and start here, go here, read this next one, <laughs> which is great. It's great. I think that's the fun thing about being an author too, isn't it? You get yeah. these ideas and start to see purpose for your books. Exactly. It's, Absolutely. It, I keep finding with writing that I write one book and the one little seed from that book just bursts into another larger concept that becomes a book and it just kind of continues on. Uh, it's kind of fun. In however long forever we have Amari, and Amari was first introduced in our book "Loved as You Are." She's out swimming in the oceans in the scenes. So those are some of the uh, we talked about Easter eggs in one of our other interviews or one of our other podcasts, and that may be one of them to look for other animals that might you might see cross across different books in different places. So, so you're saying we can predict the next character is what you're saying. Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. If you look hard enough, you might find uh, what, our, what our next book's going to be based yeah, on. you can definitely place a good guess at the very least. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Well, I know our listeners are going to want to find these books. So where's the best place to find you? Best place to find us is nowfound.org. So N-O-W-F-O-U-N-D.org. Um, and we've got all our books available there as well as our apparel and ministry resources. So we'd love to have you check it out. 
Yep. We, we also do have, we do actually have coloring pages as well as a resource uh, for uh, two of our books. We're working on the coloring pages for however long, for forever. And those are a free resource. So you can download them off the website, um, absolutely free, and just have a fun time coloring. And it gives another one of those tools or resources to sit there and just have fun with your kiddos. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for sharing. And I am excited for people to find you. Thank you. Thank it you. has been amazing to talk with you today. <laughs> Thank you. And you. Thank you both.